Good evening. Thank you for coming. Uh, continuing our discussion of the Hilchot Kriyata uh, Megillah. Took the wrong book. Uh, we've been talking about the case of a person who is writing the Megillah. They have a kosher Megillah in front of them. And sure enough, it's time to fulfill the mitzvah of Kriyata Megillah. So if he has in mind to uh, fulfill his obligation and he's saying over each word, so then uh, yatza, he's fulfilled. So we pointed out that that's uh, interesting for a number of reasons. Number one, why is it necessary for him to have kavanah to fulfill the mitzvah? Because we said, in theory, it's only meets Rabbanan. We spoke about, is it meets Rabbanan? Is it midivrei sofrim? Maybe a higher level because it's written in the Tanakh itself. We spoke about maybe there's a distinction between the nighttime reading, the daytime reading. Very good. And then yesterday, we spoke about this idea of a separate machloket regarding whether or not we assume that Tiva, writing something, is kedibor dami. Do we treat it like a person is saying something? It sounds like this halacha only works if the guy is reading the words as he's looking and writing it down in his new Megillah. But if he didn't say the words, then he wouldn't fulfill his obligation. So it comes along Rabbi Akiva Eger and he says it must be that Tiva is not kedibor dami. Because if Tiva is like dibor, if writing is like speaking, so then he shouldn't have to say anything. He could just write down the Megillah and he will have fulfilled his obligation. It'll take him a lot longer to fulfill the obligation, right? But in theory, he could. So we said, but maybe not. Some want to make a distinction. They say no, because when it comes to Kriyat Megillah, there isn't just a din, there isn't just a halakha that you have to read it, but there's also this idea of Kriyat Megillah as a vehicle of Pirsume Nisa, of publicizing the miracle. So where do we see this? And again, we've talked about this in the past, so if you've heard it before, I apologize. But a little chazar, I never heard anyone. So the... Uh, the Gemara Masech Megillah and Dachdalad and Manalav talks about how we know where's the source that we have to have a Megillah reading, uh, you know, uh, two times in the morning and in the evening. And we actually mentioned uh, a while ago, right? I don't know, a few weeks ago, that this seems to be a later establishment because we don't see any discussion of a nighttime reading in the Mishnah. It's only in the Gemara. So the Gemara wants to know what's the source. Very good. The uh, Bali Tosfot, uh, they want to know, uh, do we say Shechianu on the daytime reading? I'm going to read it at night, and we haven't fulfilled the mitzvah in over a year, so we'll say a shechiyanu. Do I say the shechiyanu again during the daytime? So I always get up there, and I make some silly announcement, right? Like everyone pay attention, blah, 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 right? And we're going to say, shechiyanu, have in mind that this is going to cover all of the other mitzvot hayom, right? The other mitzvot that we fulfilled, the seuda, the feast, the mishloach mano, to the gifts to the poor, all that stuff, have that in mind. But there is a discussion, should we say shechiyanu to begin with or not? So the Rambam Paskins that we don't say shechiyanu. We said it already at nighttime. We don't need to say it again. The Balitosid argue we do say shechiyanu. Why? Because the ikar pirsume nisa is by yom. Because the main vehicle of, you know, expressing and publicizing uh, the, the, the miracle of the Purim story takes place during the daytime, and that's why it gets a shechiyanu. Now, we paskin at the end, like, we don't want to choose the Ramah over the Bali Tosot, so we say, yeah, we want to say shechiyanu, but also have in mind the other mitzvot, right? Okay, fine, but that's not necessarily the topic for today's discussion. Today's discussion is the Bali Tosot. They say that there's this idea of pirsume nisa, that there's more pirsume nisa, more publicizing the miracle taking place during the daytime. And we said that that seems to be an interesting idea. Who cares about pirsume nisa? Like, it's a nice thing to have, but that it should affect whether or not I could say a shechianu, that's pretty surprising. And we, met, we quoted the rugged shepherd. The rugged shepherd says that really there are two separate dinim, two separate aspects of the mitzvah of Kriyat Megillah. There is the actual reading of the Megillah, going over the story, and then there's a separate idea of publicizing the miracle. And a person technically could fulfill one and not the other, right? And that goes both ways. You can fulfill the idea of publicizing the miracle while not necessarily fulfilling your obligation of reading the Megillah, and you can fulfill your obligation of reading the Megillah, but not necessarily publicizing the miracle. So for example, let's say you have a person who lo alenu can't make it to a minion. So he's going to read Megillah is there all by himself. Okay, so says the rugged shepherd, you know what? In that case, you have fulfilled the obligation of reading the story, right? Assuming you have the kosher Megillah and all that other stuff, blah, blah, blah. Fine, great. But have you fulfilled the obligation of publicizing the miracle? 
Hardly. You're all by yourself. So let's say you have an opportunity to hear it later with a minion. Maybe we would argue, well, in order to fulfill that part of the obligation, you should go and you should hear the Megillah again. Or let's say you went to a minion, but it turns out the guy who read it wasn't kosher. He wasn't, uh, I don't know, he wasn't Jewish, let's say, right? So you heard, the, you heard the Megillah in a big public forum, but did you hear the official technical reading in that it came from a person who was a Bar Chiyuba? You have not. So maybe you should go and read the Megillah again to yourself so that you can fulfill that technical aspect of Kriyat Megillah. We've talked about multiple, multiple practical consequences uh, between the two. We don't have time to get into all of it. There's a, we'll go one or two, yeah. So there's a halacha that, what happens if you have a Megillah which is Ketuvah Bina Ketuvim? So let's say you have a scroll, not just with the Megillah, but uh, all the books of the Ketuvim, all the books of the writings in a cloth. Are you allowed to use that to fulfill your mitzvah of so it sounds like uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. Uh, and it sounds like from the Gemara that even though you shouldn't, technically it would work, but it would only work at nighttime, not necessarily during the daytime. What's the difference? Rashi over there says that there's less of a Pirsume Nisa because you're reading it from, you know, just a giant scroll with all kinds of stuff inside of it as opposed to one which is dedicated to the actual story itself. So again, this is a distinction of nighttime versus daytime, whatever. Okay, so you have all these different ideas of publicizing the miracle. It's not just about reading the story, it's about publicizing the miracle as well. So we just teased this out a little bit yesterday, but what miracle are we publicizing, right? When it comes to Hanukkah, okay, fine, right? There was oil, it was only supposed to last one day, it lasts eight days, so we publicize that miracle. Which miracle are we publicizing when it comes to Purim? So the answer is, and someone mentioned this last night, uh, there is no miracle that we're publicizing. We're, we're talking publicizing that everything is miraculous. Meaning, as we know, if you look at the Megillah story at any one point, it all sort of seems like something that could have happened. It's coincidence that this worked out in that way. But it's when you open up the entire Megillah and you realize, start to finish, all these crazy things happened, that it must be that Yad Hashem is behind the scenes. So what is the Pirsume Nisa? What is the miracle that we're trying to publicize? Perhaps, maybe, just maybe, we're publicizing the fact that God is behind everything, always and forever. Whether we notice it at the time, whether we can only see it after the fact, whether we can appreciate it while it's happening, who knows? Does it make a difference? We recognize that Hashem, even though his name is not written in the, in the actual Megillah itself, that he is the one behind the scenes. He is the one pulling the strings. He was the one who made sure that the Jewish people would be protected, that Haman would be hung on the very tree that he, uh, you know, created for uh, Mordechai and the various other miracles that worked out. It's not just an irony. It's not just a coincidence. It's Yad Hashem. That's what we want to publicize. So, so important to us. It's part and parcel, perhaps, of the mitzvah itself, that it's not enough for you to just read the story. You read the story, and it could be a bunch of coincidences that worked out. But if you're publicizing this as a miracle, right, you're saying each and every step along the way was the Yad Hashem. That is a great Pirsume Nisa, and that's why we try to have that as well. So, again, Again, just coming back to our story here, if we require also a Pirsume Nisa, so if the guy is writing out his Megillah, right, even if we were to argue that, yes, Ketiva uh, is Kedibor Dami, his writing is like he's speaking, nevertheless, that would not be the type of Dibor which has a Pirsume Nisa, the publicizing the miracle, and maybe we can make such a distinction and wouldn't necessarily help us out in that specific Machloket. Rabbi Hanan, 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 Rabbi